welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 3, Episode 4, titled All-Star Snatch Game. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one vexatious co-host from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Oh my god, get on the station. What it is, what it is. To Taylor... <laughs> The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph. How are you? How are you doing on this uh, evening? D- uh, doing well. Doing doing very well. I actually uh, just took my sugars a second ago while you were going to get some caffeine, and there's a touch high, so this will be this will be a nail biter, much like the lip sync. This will be a nail biter as far as if I make it all the way through. What What do you think the contingency plans are? Is if if one of us dies on the show, like while the show's going? In the like in the middle of a taping? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if I die, then Babalu will probably come in and step over me and take over my spot. Oh good, yeah. And if you die, I want for Mama Batance to be my co host on oh the my show. God. <laughs> Can you imagine my mother as, as your co host on the show? Taylor, I don't know these drag queens. I don't. I don't understand. Well, you know what's so funny, and, and I think for people of a certain age, my, my parents' age, they actually. Were, they, I went to dinner with them last week, and they were strangely uh, curious. They'd listened to me on uh, Sirius XM Radio, uh, Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel One Hundred Five, One on One with Larry Flick. As I'm on there every Friday, uh, two p.m. Eastern to four p. Uh, just to three p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and they had listened. And they had all these questions about RuPaul's Drag Race. But and I wonder what the right answer is here to, for an old person. But they, they confuse transgender with drag queens. And they, they think these people, for the most part, I mean, there are some who do, but they, they, all of them want to be women, you know, biologically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, as a therapist, how do you explain that to somebody that is sort of from another generation? I would say that it has to do with identity. The transgender people feel as though they are women, mm-hmm. whereas... Tra- people who uh, drag drag queens, it is a form of expression. It is a form of performance. It is a role that they are playing. Yeah. So, like you know, Meryl Streep doesn't really think she's does doesn't want to be Margaret Thatcher mm-hmm. when she plays in the movie that she was Margaret Thatcher in. It's just a role that she's playing. So when drag queens talk about their drag persona they are talking about it as it is a character and it is a, it is an extension of them but it is not them mm-hmm. um yeah you know you know what's so funny is they still use old-timey terms like uh transsexual and cross-dressers okay uh, so it's so funny because it's like you have to like sort of correct them but they roll their eyes but you know what My do they make you-, you sit in the back of the jalopy when they're leaving their Mm-hmm. I sit in a, they have a, a a rocking chair that I sit in on the it's on there, and then we just we just drive around town and, and everyone points at us. But how have, have you you know Taylor and I think the audience should know this is Taylor and I have gotten it down now where you know these are the times that we talk. Well, Taylor's beaten it into me, but like these are the times now that we talk. We don't really talk in the days in between. Uh, so how have you been the past? That's week, not Taylor? true. Mm. I just talked about. The text message that you sent me the other day on an episode of Pod is My Co-Pilot that came out today. Oh, well, we do text. You're right. We do text. Yes, what? but then it was one of these where I... S- Girl. Why? We talk. We do talk. We don't We don't talk every day, but we talk at least once a week other than this episode. 
This week, it's time for the girls to play an All-Stars edition of the Snatch Game. Shangela and Trixie bicker about a note. Shangela and Ben crush the Snatch Game while Chi-Chi and Trixie struggle. On the main stage, Trixie breaks down while Ben and Shangela are placed in the top two. In a lip-sync battle for their legacies, Shangela and Ben go head-to-head. In the end, both were named the winners, and both asked Chi-Chi to sashay away taylor the latte boy name two things you liked about this episode and one thing you did not uh, um that was hard i liked certain performances in snatch i'm going to give very basic generic answers because i feel like there's i liked the performances in snatch game some of the performances in snatch game sure and I loved some of the looks this week. I gave some of the highest ratings that I've given all season to various people. Oh, my goodness. In, Alert the presses. Uh, shut up. Um, something I didn't like and don't understand, and that would be Mark Jacobs aimlessly wandering through, looking like a salamander with not a single... Where his forehead... Temples, ears, and neck look like a 90-year-old woman, but everything from the forehead to the chin was alabaster and smooth. And my name's Mark Jacobs, and I'm a salamander because there was no f- – it was terrifying. Well, it, it seems now like every season there has to be a pointless person. Season 7, you had this Moby. Uh, season 9 had uh, the um, Lisa Kudrow. All Stars Two had that Fakakta, um, the the woman who came with the eyebrows. What was her name? The woman the, with the eyebrows. Remember that woman who came in? Remember in All Stars Two? Oh, um, um, it wasn't Anastasia. Yeah, it was, yeah, was, it Anast- it was Anastasia. Yeah, okay. Anastasia. Yeah, Anastasia Beverly Hills. I don't know who it was in season eight, and I'm sure people will tell us. But it seems like every season there's this pointless guest star that just comes on the show and just breezes on through for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it's, and, it was. Dumb. I was expecting to see him in Snatch Game or see him on the judges panel, and I think I think what happens is I my theory because RuPaul seems like the kind of person who likes to use the best of her time. So during the off time at the show, she does the podcast there, mm-hmm. and so Mark Jacobs came in for an episode of the podcast. They're there, and so she's like, "Oh, I'm going to do the table visits. Let's just walk on through." Yeah, you know, and then he's there. I think what happened with Lisa Kudrow probably happened with Moby, and I think that's sort of what happens. Now you listen to there. What's the Tea? Is Mark Jacobs? Is there an, been an episode with Mark Jacobs on recently? I'm sure there has. So here's my here's my relationship with What's the Tea. If the guest is good, I'll listen. If it's a guest I don't care about, I'll just delete it. And they and they, and I and I listen to it like once a season. So like once a season, I'll go through like eight episodes with the okay. ones that I like. I used to do that with uh, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, his podcast. If it was somebody that I was interested in, I would definitely. But then other people, I was like, oh, you're with some, you you know, yeah. farm toucans or something. I don't care about that. But I've gotten to where I just listen to them anyway. And some of them have been really interesting. Like, uh, what's your name? The one because the Patty Smith. Mm-hmm. I had no interest in that, but I happened to. I just like I started it and was I was fascinated with her life story. Oh, really? So, so you might want to go back with some of the old ones that you didn't think you'd be interested in and mm-hmm. listen to them. Um, yeah, maybe. Because sometimes also, Rue and, and, and Michelle can be kind of good on people that they don't really know that well. But Mark, Mark Jacobs, I can really tell you, I don't have a big interest in Mark Jacobs. So um, I don't know. I don't know if he was a guest or not. Again, someone will tell us. I, 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 I don't care. I have too many podcasts to listen to. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, so wait, did you tell me the two things you liked and one thing you didn't? Yes, that's how we got talking about Mark Jacobs. Oh, so okay. So what about you? All right. Yes, I do. Uh, I loved, loved, because this is me. I love the Shangela and Trixie drama. And it's going to be what I, I mean, I'm going to have questions for you as a therapist. I'm going to have a lot to say about it. Uh, I feel opinions were changed on my end or heightened. It, 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 it was a thing that I, I love the drama. I'm With this show, I couldn't give two shits about the looks. I like the drama. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, also, I mean, when, when, you know, for everyone who listens, if you don't know this already, uh, on Mondays, uh, VH1 has been um, releasing uh the first act of the show which is had to be about on a longer episode about 10 minutes on a shorter one about five to six minutes and when i saw that ben was gonna do paul lynn i was like brilliant that is so good this ben as paul lynn and it was just as good as i thought it was gonna be it was so so funny it should go down in history as one of the best snatch games ever Snatch game performances ever, and I think it's gonna and it's gonna teach the childrens about Paul Lind and how legendary he was, and how funny he was because he was just as funny as and he wasn't as dirty. He couldn't be, but like he he they no, you know what? There's a Dean Martin one. Maybe I'll try and find it. That um, that he I mean he would in the sixties they played strong with the Dumble entendres. They just were a little more over the top on these, but like only slightly. Mm-hmm. So I thought his Paul Lind was fantastic and it was so good. Um, and then what the thing I did not like, I did not like Trixie as RuPaul. No, yeah, that was that that we we did a lot of uh, noises when she would perform because yeah. we just knew it was not going well. We knew there were others that were doing worse, mm-hmm. but she was a big disappointment this week. Yes. So after the elimination, the girls walk into the workroom to find a bitter mirror message from Milk. Kennedy and Shangela are offended by the note and make it known. Meanwhile, as the girls relax, Kennedy explains her reasons for sending Milk home. Let me go and say why I did what I did. Like the judges, I just wasn't enthused at all. On a personal note, I couldn't relate to Milk. And then for her to sit and say that she would have sent me home, that hurt my feelings. I just didn't feel nothing genuine from Milk. Later, Trixie and Ben analyze Kennedy's logic for her elimination choice. I was a little gagged, but um, I was a little gagged. I was totally gagged. It's subjective. At some point, it comes down to, like, what does one person think about a performance? Or even a person. That monologue was about what she thought of Milk as a person. But can we get eliminated because we don't talk to someone? Is that the reality here? (laughs) Okay, Taylor, let's talk about this. Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about what just happened right now? So Kennedy goes on there. She reads the mirror message. She's pissed off. And then she sort of really attacks. She tries to give this bullshit answer how she eliminated Milk because he got bad critiques, which he did, though. Her point is right. He did get bad critiques. But then she goes on to talk about him as a person. Do you... The voice changes when she gets talking about the personal stuff, mm-hmm. which tells me that that is, that is the T, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's almost a crack in the voice of where she goes, that hurt my feelings. And I, I, think, I, I think everybody in that room knew exactly why Kennedy got rid of Milk. But you know what's so funny? You know what? I kind of want to change my answer because I was writing as we go what I liked and what I didn't. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as the show ends, everybody, we, I work my ass off to get the show going. So I don't have time to process the end as much. But I kind of want to say what, what I want, the one thing I really like about this episode was the editing fucked with my head. And they actually did enough. The editors deserve a, they're usually, they telegraph things really obviously. But mm-hmm. this time I'm like, bravo, editors. Bravo. And one of the things here, talking about the foreshadowing that we were talking about, in a deeper way, what we're seeing here is the difference between Kennedy and Shangela. And that Kennedy eliminated Milk with her emotions. And she didn't mm-hmm. think about the game. And Shangela, in a brilliant, brilliant move, was all strategy and game. Because next week, or for going forward, this fucking Trixie... Yes, I, I have that on my notes. I was thinking that at the end, that was a genius move on genius. her part. Because if she doesn't walk back to that workroom and whisper in her ear, I own you, bitch, she's a fool. It's genius. It it was a genius chess move. And that shows you the difference. And by the way, I have my problems with Shangela. But this is the difference between a champion and just a contestant. And Shangela showed this today. But I, and this is not supposed to be. We'll get to Shangela in a bit. But Kennedy right here showed why she's a contestant. And it, as satisfying as it was to see Milk leave, Kennedy did not play the game correctly. And that's what we're seeing here. And the and the other girls are noticing it. That said, yeah. you should be able to eliminate. I don't know why Trixie's coming down on Kennedy. You can use whatever fucking method you want to eliminate a queen. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts, Taylor? Well, I kind of shared my thoughts that I I felt as though the the there was there was the truth of why she got rid of Kennedy or why she got rid of Milk was really in the second half of that speech, and. I, I mean, I feel like we're all over the place. I I, I have more feelings on Trixie that I kind of want to share. Okay. For after deliberation, because I feel th- this is where we're seeing the difference between contestants and all stars, and uh, but I'll talk about that later. All right. The next day, RuPaul walked into the workroom to deliver this week's maxi challenge. This week's maxi challenge is an all stars edition of Snatch Game. Yeah! Chi-Chi revealed she would portray Maya Angelou, Ben announced his choice of Paul Lind, and Trixie announced she would portray RuPaul herself. Later, as Aja and Trixie discussed a challenge, Shangela walked by and noticed a curious item on the wall of Trixie's workstation. It's my first Snatch game. I have nothing to live up to, so I feel like I'm... What's this? The thing of, like, living up to prior sense. I'm Thorgy. Oh, Thorgy wrote this? Yeah. It says, this shady bitch, Shangela. And it has my name crossed out. I didn't show it to you because I thought it was not helpful or appropriate. But you decided to hang it on the wall? Oh, boy, here we go. My note from Thorgy. <laughs> I put it by my milk note. Yeah, but this one specifically talks about me and then says, this shady bitch, and then points at my name. And then you hung it on the wall. Well, I don't care what you think. She gave it to me because she was sad, and I'm honoring her. I like those people. I would not do something. No, go leave it now. I know you feel that. That's why you really feel about someone like me. I wouldn't put that up against someone because I would not want you to feel bad. Like I never that. even showed it to you because I didn't want to. You it hung wasn't it on a- the wall, see? Oh my God, get on but the station. What it is? Elsewhere in the workroom, Kennedy commented on the drama. 
Trixie is a mess, and she she shouldn't even have that up there. She put it up there to be a mess. What do you mean by a mess? Why would you put it up there? I wouldn't, but... My point. So I don't... If I'm putting it up there, that's being a mess. I just think maybe she wasn't thinking about it. Girl, like, maybe she was just thinking on, about man. it. Some things you just do not do. If we all supposed to be this sisterhood and stuff, that type of don't supposed to fly. Later, Trixie approached Shangela privately and apologized. I didn't even occur to me it hurt your feelings. It does hurt my feelings. I didn't write it. All right, sis. I'm used to girls sometimes, me thinking one way about them, and then it totally flipped the script. The lowest moment in my season was when Brute asked who should go home. Who do you think should go home tonight? I would like to see Shangela go. She's just a loud mouth, and she's always talking and alleluing. You should be on season five or six. That's where you should be. These were people I thought were my friends. Girl, I was cracked. I have absolute respect for you, and I'm really sorry. I should have just tore that section off and kept it positive. I appreciate your apology. I do. Lucky you meeting All Stars 3 me. Season 3 me would have snatched that note off the wall and come for you, but I'm not going to do that. Trixie's apology seems sincere, but I'm looking to help with this one good eye like this. By the way, uh, Raja telling Shangela she should be on season 5 or 6, the greatest seasons in history. I know, right? Uh, okay, Taylor Vellante boy, your thoughts on this whole drama about the note, and I want to hear your thoughts. Have we ta- we haven't even talked about this, right? What are you what What are your thoughts? It felt so middle school. The whole thing felt so middle school, and not even so much necessarily the two of them. The responses of other people in the room were just so like. They were so excited. They were so, and they were all going to talk about it, and they were all going to tear it apart, and they were all going to dissect it. And the whole Kennedy and Ben talking about it, and then Kennedy kind of like came for Ben with a, well, how would you handle it sort of thing? Like where Ben's, you know, immediate response was, well, I wouldn't put it up. It's just, I, it's so middle school. It's kind of, it's kind of gross. Now, that being said, Mm -hmm. Shangela played it perfectly because even right to the what's this up on the wall (laughs) kind of makes me laugh because that is something sort of like a middle school girl will do knowing that she's going to start drama because one thing that lover or hater shangela gives good television and i think she saw an opportunity especially given the whole thing with the where thorgy wrote drew the penis and said the said the thing on the on the board and i know she kind of addressed that a little bit clearly trixie didn't write that thorgy wrote it but she found a way to kind of pull him in to pull trixie into the drama and play it so that she made sure that she got some airtime it was a very smart move on her part so let me so do you th- okay so so let me ask you this question do you think that Shangela saw... Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. We can dissect this scene forever. Mm-hmm. Do you think Shangela... I'm not, okay, I'm gonna, I have so many questions here. Let's walk this four steps back. One, do you think Shangela was truly just rolling by and just n- no care in the world and saw this note on the wall and was like, what is this? Well, okay, it's funny you should mention that because... Yes, I do. Well, maybe not. Okay. Because in the first act or whatever, the first chunk before Mm -hmm. they went to commercial, it looks like they're standing in that area and there isn't anything on the wall. Okay. So the next day, 
the things are on the wall. Now, whether they were put on earlier in the day and they chose not to show that, because this this one thing that we also didn't talk about in the beginning, this episode is really fast. It's really fast with a lot of cutscenes, so they didn't really ne- take necessarily take a lot of time for exposition and all that kind of stuff. There were some episodes, like, you know, episode two didn't need to be 90 minutes. This episode should have been 90 minutes. Yeah. No, this, this in particular, yeah. I, with all of this drama, I agree, should have been 90 minutes. Um, so do I think... Shangela just happened upon this? No, I'm sure some, one of the producers said, you should wander over to that wall. You know, I think I think Trixie, no, the producers didn't tell Trixie to put the stuff on the wall. I think she probably did that. Mm-hmm. And and a, somebody coming through or somebody cleaning up at night saw it and said to the producers, hey, this thing's over there. Shangela might want to look at it for some drama. But I, I, I don't think that she happened upon it. All right. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think... Uh, you know, everyone's talking about, uh, oh, you know, we need to talk about this drama right now. Let's do it right here. We got an email. So the the, the, the tenth queen that came back from season one, what is her name, Taylor? B.B. Zahara Benet. Okay. We got an email. People have commented on it. We've even made jokes in other places that you call her Bebe. What? <laughs> I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> well, I think because in French, I think it's Bebe, right? So okay. Maybe, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's what it is. But okay, so we've addressed this audience. We we know for people who aren't active on our Facebook page and everything else, we we were aware, we were made aware that Taylor says baby. You know. Yeah. Uh, so BB, you know, the rumor is that she is a mole. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Okay, all right. I, I see where you're going. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you think I'm going. What I'm going to say I, is that that she whispered in a little Shangela's ear. <gasps> That's not a bad idea. But also, no. What I was going to say is that Shangela's really the one who has it super in with the producers. It's she's always at the right place at the right time with the right quote, saying the right thing, do making the right choice for television. And it just seems to me that, you know, Shangela's been around for a long time. She's been on two seasons of the show. She's worked tri- a lot with WoW over the years, as has Trixie. Mm-hmm. And she just knows these people very, very, very well. Okay? She's, okay. And so I think, and I think they kind of see her as, you know, the person to beat, which they're not wrong. They're not wrong. I, I haven't, I, when Shangela wins, I've always think, I've always thought she deserves it. Yeah, yeah, she's somebody that with on the list of people on that season this season I think would deserve to win as yeah. well. So, but I think she is spoon fed stuff, and not in a nefarious way. But I think she knows how to play the game, and they know how to give it to her. So I think she was yes coached or somehow led or hinted to go there. That said, do you think? Because, you know, that would make sense because if she knows it's there, then she can... Okay, I'm going to go with you. Because if she knows it's there, then she can play before she walks up. She can play the strategy in her head. Because just so you know, and this is a show production thing, they do the confessional interviews in the morning and in the evening. Okay? In the morning and the evening. So this could have been after the morning confessional... And they were with, she was with the producer, and they could have said, you know, hey, Shangela, you should go take a look over at Trixie's wall when you get back in. 
And that gave her time to be like, hmm, and do all the math. She needed all the calculus in her head, all the chess games in her head. And then she walks over. Because it would take literally uh, a Yago level, not the parrot, but the character from Othello, <laughs> a Yago level, you know. I went to the parrot in my head. I'm not going to lie when you said that. A Yago level, like deep game, Machiavellian understanding of this game to instantly see that in the wall and go, you know, like Matrix style, know the 10 steps ahead. But if you know in advance, you can do that. And I do okay. agree with you. I think she knew in advance and she knew that I have Trixie right where I want her. I am Charlotte. She is my web. One fine, wait, what is it? One darn, what is the, what was Charlotte right in the web about the pig? I don't know. It's been years since I've read Charlotte's Web. Like, literal decades since I've read Charlotte's Web. I don't know. She's just a name about the pig. <laughs> Probably the same thing. No, Ginger Minge isn't on this season. I was making a joke about me. Okay. Oh. But do you have any... Do you have any... Th- and what do you think about the apology? And, and like, yeah, like, Trixie... Which, by the way, well, Trixie... Did, okay, okay, I have so much to say. Okay, this is gonna okay be the wait. Of the let show. Me, let me, okay, you're, you're asking me, like, six questions at once, and I'm trying to answer, like, four answer of them at the same right time. Now. So, okay, I think that the conversation, this is something that Trixie started off getting with the whole, well, I'm trying to honor her and she's my friend. And then it definitely seemed to turn where I think Trixie realized she was she was not necessarily in a trap, but this was not going to go her way because she seems very genuine in the conversations. It wasn't the... Over, she wasn't being overly dramatic. She wasn't being where she was trying to come up with quippy things to say. It was very much a okay. Well, wait a second. I'm just we're just having a conversation, and I'll I'll just take care of this sort of thing. Um, except for then at the end where she goes, oh my god, where she even says it like just oh my god, go to get away from me. I I'm not, I'm not trying to create drama here, even though quite frankly, it was a stupid thing to do. If on, you've got it where she's Trixie talking then? shit, trick where Trixie put no. Trixie putting the letter up with the Thorgy can suck it or or not Thorgy, Shangela can suck it, you know, whatever it is. That's just a dumb, that's just a dumb move. You know, that's going to create drama. But I think she thought that she was going to be in control of any drama that came from it and then quickly realized that she was going to lose that one. So th- there seemed to be genuine fear on her face. Well, okay. God, this is so interesting. Okay. Because we have to look at the show on two different levels. Maybe even more than two. All right? Because this is the way... You understand something. Let's go back to what you said. When you said uh, about the other queens, it was very middle school, watching these two kids fight. But they're mm-hmm. not just watching these two kids fight. They're watching two of the most famous queens on the show go at it. So it's it's the two, for lack of a better term, alpha alphas, I'll say. It's mm-hmm. the two alphas in the group going at it. And they're like, oh, damn. This is like watching Apollo and Rocky fight, you know? And so they're, like, excited because they, I mean, they're just as big as dra- of Drag Race fans as we all are. And they get to see yeah. it live and in person, right? Mm-hmm. Also, going back to... What we said, and what I'm going to say right now applies to Shangela later in the show. So we'll come back to this concept. But what Trixie is, the the, the what, like I said, Shangela had the luxury, because I do feel that Shangela was coached to go over there. It's a weird, it, it would be weird to walk by Trixie Station and look what's on her wall. The reason I say that is, is going back to what I said earlier, there's eight, there are eight or seven workstations. 
with all kinds of shit all over there. Like, you, and you see it every day. Why would you even care what's on the wall, right? Like, for instance, I'm looking at your house right now. I see it every week. I never pay attention to what's on the wall because I see it every week. If you changed yeah. it, maybe I might notice something, but maybe not. I'm just because it's it's just it's invisible unless someone told you. And she got to do that strategy calculus in her head. Trixie doesn't know this is going to happen to her. So she's the fly in the trap, right? And yeah. so when Shangela confronts her, and this is what you can see going on in Trixie's head, there's two levels here. There's three levels. There's the actual situation, okay? Like, yeah. this person is confronting me about X, Y, Z. There's the basic situation. Then there's situation number two. I'm in a contest where people eliminate each other. I have to play that chess right there. Especially considering the conversation from the night before. Yes. What happened with Milk and Kennedy? And she's like, oh, damn. I am fucked. She's realizing shit. For in terms of the contest, this does not look good. But then, and this is not ever mentioned on the show, there is, and I think Ben's playing this game, there is the math of the world outside of the show. And someone like Trixie would be very aware of this and aware mm-hmm. of her perception. So she has to play, this is, I'm being accused of something that I didn't really do and I'm innocent. But she, whether she is or not, right? Is how yeah. she feels. I think she genuinely feels that. Two, oh shit, I got to play this game. And three, there is life outside this game where the fans are going to watch this and analyze this on Reddit and talk about this on their fucking horrible recap shows. And... What is my perception going to be? Because, I'm sorry, Trixie, if anything, is about that life and that perception outside the show. This is why you see her befuddled. And she's like, because she doesn't know which role to play. Taylor. That is exactly what I wanted to talk about later. Mm. Post breakdown. That that, that what I I typed into the script was that uh, that whole the, 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 well we can just kind of talk about it right well, now well no we can no, we, we can well, hold on we can wait because i feel we should because i feel it becomes important with shangela later i feel shangela plays that game later so we, and then with trixie with the breakdowns so let's unless you have more to say for about this one right here let's pause it right here and come back to this later okay 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 because i i have i didn't even get to the shangela part later so yes there is a lot of mental math here okay, okay all right uh, back in the workroom, RuPaul and random guest of the season, mm-hmm. Mark Jacobs, took a stroll through the workroom. BB's decision to impersonate Grace Jones seemed dangerous. Kennedy's choice of an Atlanta housewife seemed promising. But Shangela's choice of Miss Cleo had RuPaul questioning Shangela's Jamaican accent. Call me now, darling. <laughs> well, actually, your accent sounded a little like Ireland for a minute there. Wait a minute. Miss Cleo is Jamaican. If you're thinking she for four-leaf cloverfish, I'm maybe going home with Cleo. Oh, darling, no, they didn't say that in the cards. But maybe Are you she hearing was an Irish accent? It's time for the Snatch Game, and this year, the Queens played a wide variety of Queens. Trixie played RuPaul. Kennedy played Phaedra Parks. Chi-Chi played Maya Angelou. Ben played Paul Lind. Shangela played Jennifer Lewis. BB played Grace Jones. And Aja played Crystal LaBeja. Um, I'm going to stop here for a second. Yes, we know Kristen Chenoweth played herself. What a funny, clever little fuck you to Reddit. Because Reddit, do you know about this? No. 
was all over with their conspiracy theories because, of course, you know, they analyze each frame of the fucking preview and goes, like, there are eight seats. Who's the eighth person? Clearly oh, someone's coming okay. back. What's going on? Right? And it was just a, a, a weird fuck with them. And Kristen Chenoweth played Kristen Chenoweth. I didn't pull any clips from her. She's not important in, in the game of the show. It was it was interesting thing to watch. I don't think it was an interesting thing to recap. Do you agree? I would agree. Okay. Um, we're not going to talk. We're going to talk about Ben as Paul Lind, Trixie as RuPaul, Shangela as Miss, as, I'm sorry, as Jennifer Lewis, and Chi-Chi as Maya Angelou. But the other ones that, like Phaedra Parks and uh, Grace Jones and Crystal LaBeja, do you have anything to say about any of those? I I have seen that the Crystal LaBeja clip, mm-hmm. the one where she, she loses a pageant or something, right? Isn't that... What happens or part? Wait, Monique told me not to come. That's why Monique is not here in dress because she is one of the Monique, darling. Monique was not here as a friend of yours. She's a friend of mine, darling. Monique, would you tell her why you didn't come? Because she knew it's Victor Holler. She said, Crystal, darling, don't go. Because you're not going to get it. And that's why all the true beauties didn't come. Thank you. It's in bad taste and you're showing your colors and stuff. I am. I am doing it bad, but I got an, I have a right to show my color, darling. I am beautiful and I know I'm beautiful. Look at Harlow's outfit. That is crazy. Don't bother her. Don't bother her. It's not Harlow's fault. It's not her fault. I know it's not her fault. She can't help it because you're beautiful and you're young. You deserve to have the best in life, but you didn't deserve. Missy, I I don't say she's not beautiful, but she wasn't looking beautiful tonight. She doesn't equal me. Look at her makeup. It's terrible. (laughs) So it's important to note that that was actually the last recording of All Stars 2 between Joe, Daniel, and myself. That's actually with <laughs> word for word what happened. And also, for those of you who are not that nerdy, you should realize. So, Crystal LaBeja was in it. And you can see, by the way, the whole movie is on YouTube. All right? Called okay. Queen. And the whole movie is there. And this is towards the end. And it's an epic, epic meltdown after Crystal LaBeja and another black queen lose a pageant to a, a white blonde queen. And they have an epic meltdown. And that's what you see. And it's but, from like 1960s, like the late 60s, yeah, early 70s, like 69, right? 69, 1970, something like that, right? And that's that's also where the look at her comes from. That's mm-hmm. where the your makeup is terrible comes from. I mean, it's an epic, very influential speech meltdown, what you just saw here. Actually, one of the only times I think that Crystal LeBeige has ever captured on film. So uh, check it out. The full uh, movie is on YouTube. But she plays Crystal LeBeige. If you were on Patreon... And you, at the, even at the one dollar level, if in, in you know, if you go to if Patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap, at the one dollar level, you get a show called The Rumor Mill, and mm-hmm. we theorized that um, on The Rumor Mill that uh, uh, Aja would play Crystal LaBeja. So that was a theory okay. we had, and look, it came true. But any of the other ones, Crystal LaBeja, Grace Jones, and uh, Phaedra Grace Parks. Jones was just Grace Jones from Boomerang. Like there was nothing. A great. I was. When I saw that, that she was going to perform that, I thought, okay, she, she's got the look down. You know, Grace Jones is somebody that, like, all of the jokes and everything she said were all just uh, Stranger, the character that Grace Jones played in Boomerang. But also, and, don't you think in any other this, – this, to me, this plays into the mole theory or something dub theory, like – she should have been in the bottom as opposed to Kennedy, don't you think? I would I would agree ish to that. Yes. Um and that could have been a she could she cuz at some point 
the, this route, eventually they're going to get down to where nobody is safe. You're going to have the top three and you're going to have the bottom three. Mm-hmm. And I could see it being where she is in the bottom three, but she is, she, they only, they're only going to take two. They're only going to, they're only going to have possibly where two of them are eliminated from then on rather than from the three of them. Did that make sense? No, this is what <laughs> All I think. All of a sudden my tongue got tied. Okay. So I had a theory that obviously got disproven tonight. That they were going to have a different queen every episode, send a different person every home. That way you had a one-to-one ratio of the queens when they came back. And there would be like, so my, my, my theory was there's going to be a challenge where the eliminated queen was paired with the queen that's in her home. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they had to win the challenge. And then if you didn't, we had to do a lip sync for your life. And the loser got to go home, blah, 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 blah. Clearly that was proven wrong today. But. it's a great, that's a great plan for All Stars 4. It is. So there's that. Next. I do think, though, because we only have a certain number of episodes, they're going to have to bring a queen back. Yeah. So do we? Add, are they going to add an extra queen? I don't know. But I'm just saying they could do that. They could basically swap BB out. Well, that's kind of what they did with when they brought back Tatiana. They replaced Tatiana... No, no. Wait a second. No, they did. Tatiana and Alyssa both came back, and Fifi went home on All Stars. Yeah, so there was an extra one, right? So, but then they did. They did. They do a double elimination. I feel like they did a double elimination later. I don't know. Okay, I, it, it, that's got to be happening soon because there's only. All, I think it's next episode. I think okay. it's next episode. End of next episode because yeah, there's only there's six left. After right. yeah, there's six. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's because Chichi went home. The only one, one person went home. So there are six yeah. left. That means after next week there'll be five gone and five on. And they and remember when Aunt when Alyssa was sent home, they immediately Alyssa never missed an episode. Right. She was sent home and then she immediately was behind the mirror. And right, because she was still in the camera dress. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna be the same thing here. So I think I think it happens at the end of next episode. I, okay. I, I'm assuming. All right, so nothing else. Okay, so Ben as Paul Lynn uh, was a big hit with RuPaul and the other queens. Straight from the center square, it's Paul Lynn. <laughs> well, hi there, Ru. I'm glad it's you. For a second, I thought somebody had gift-wrapped Flip Wilson. <laughs> so I decided to come here and do myself. That's right. Sweetheart, none of these queens are going to do you. <laughs> Paul Lynn. This is the most queens I've been surrounded by since Charles Nelson Riley's pool party. (laughs) Well, I said, a cocktail weenie. (laughs) Because it's to scale. (laughs) Sorry, it's not a match, Carson. Not a match. Circle gets a square. (laughs) Trixie Mattel, we hoped your impression of RuPaul would make you a cover girl. But instead... She may ask you to sissy that walk. Next up, Trixie Mattel as RuPaul. That didn't work at all. <laughs> Don't be jealous of her boogie. It's RuPaul. Welcome to the Snatch Game at RuPaul's Drag Race. Give it up for our special guest host, boy RuPaul. <laughs> now, RuPaul, do I call you he or she? You can call me he, she, Regis, and Kathy Lee as long as you buy American on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Your Miss Jones was not graceful. Uh-oh. 
right. All right. Meanwhile, Shangela was able to predict correctly that Miss Cleo would fail, but she landed up succeeding as Jennifer Lewis from Blackish. From the hit show Blackish, Jennifer Lewis. Yes, that's right, RuPaul. That's Jennifer Lewis. One in, one eye, and a hell of a lot of talent. <laughs> Let's move on down to Jennifer Lewis. Well, look at little cute little Kristen. I love her. Two Broadway divas. You know, I worked with Kristen way back in the day. That's Did right. Did you? Yeah, no, I'm lying. I ain't worked with that bitch. But anyhow, listen. <laughs> I think that Kristen has to fit up in that little bubble in yeah. Wicked. You saw the show. I sure. saw it. Yeah. And therefore, I think that man handed her a high five when she walked in. That would be apropos. What's an apropos? Who called her? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. I'm about to have a hot flash Ooh. up in her. Woo. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, I'm going through menopause. Are you? Yeah, I don't know why they call it menopause, though. Ain't no men up in Meanwhile, Chi-Chi seemed to struggle as Maya Angelou. All right, she's one of Oprah's favorite things. Let's hear it for Maya Angelou. You know, you spelled your name wrong on uh, there. Uh, did I? Yes. How you smell Maya? Oh, damn, Chi-Chi. All right, Maya Angelou, poet, activist, actress. Spelling bee winner. <laughs> Maya Angelou, what say you? Well, I said that the hostess hands the poor thing that same cage bird fried, died, and laid to the side. Oh, Maya, thank you for answering my question from last round in yes. this round. Maybe you'll have a good answer for this question in <laughs> okay, I realized I didn't pull the funniest part of Chi-Chi being horrible, but there was a whole drama with that. And let's move on. Okay, Taylor, let's move on. All right. Okay, fine. Okay, what, fine. What were your thoughts on the, what were your thoughts on Ben on Shangela? What were your thoughts on Ben as Paul Lynn? Paul Lind is one of my favorite memories of the '70s watching TV with my mom, particularly shows like Hollywood Squares. And uh, while he uh, while he wasn't on Match Game, that was more Charles Nelson Riley. When I look back at my '70s child experience, I was surrounded by a lot of homosexuals on television, and I my mom always thought that they were very funny. Mm-hmm. So whenever Paul Lynn was, if he was on Bewitched or if he was on Match Game or something, my mom always just laughed. And so if that's something you know, a lot of times when our parents think something is funny, then we. It's turn as children will often find it funny as well. Um, I thought she did an amazing job. She sounded so much like him, stayed in character the entire time. And it was a very smart choice and a very well done choice. She deserved to be in the top two. I would even go so far as to say she deserved to win. If there was was an actual winner specifically just for performances, Mm -hmm. it should have been her. Yes. You're right. I agree. Even though Jennifer Lewis was pretty good, which is, I'll give Shangela this, it's a, like, Paul Lynn is a brilliant choice, and she should win for making the choice, and she pulled off the impression, but Shangela took a person that, like, I've never seen Blackish, I don't know who this Jennifer Lewis is, so for her to make her, for Shangela to make her funny, and for me to get that she's funny, I think is another skill. Jennifer Lewis is, she has been in movies and TV shows and stuff for years. And she actually has a book that just came out about her life. 
um, as well as she's on Blackish now, but she's been, she, she's one of those that when you see her, you immediately know, oh, okay, I've seen you in a million things before. She is also somebody that her and Shangela have are friends, and they even did a web series for a while, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, that she, she she's very over the top. Mm-hmm. She is very open about the fact that she is bipolar, mm-hmm. and she often goes through manias, mm-hmm. and when she, when she's very much where she's on when she's manic she is on and she is all over the place so this definitely felt like from what i have seen of jennifer lewis in movies and on tv shows in the past mm-hmm. shangela did a great job i guess my issue with this not issue that's the wrong word but why i feel ben did better or should have won rather is because shangela knows jennifer shangela oh. is able to study jennifer at any given time Whereas Ben only has, you know, old, old videos, you know, kind of that remembrance of what that character was, that sort of stuff. So I feel like if, if you're going for, um, they both did great in the execution, but I feel like the difficulty was higher for Ben, mm-hmm. which is why I feel Ben should have won. Uh, ultimately, the two of those, the two of them should have been the top two. I just feel as though Ben did a stronger performance. And what about the weak ones like Trixie and Chi-Chi? Trixie, see that's the thing is that Trixie start and they talked about this during deliver uh, during judges panel. Trixie started off strong, and I think that one Miss Jones, your performance is not graceful out of seemingly nowhere. I think that shook her. That shook her enough to where she wasn't able to reclaim, you know, reclaim that that she had in that first introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chichi as. Maya Angelou, which ironically they said Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. but she spelled it Maya M Y A, so technically should have been pronounced Maya, but whatever. Or like Mia was j- Mia. Um, I uh, it was not good at all. If you're going to do a character like that, you need to be familiar with you know. I I read I know why the cage bird sings in high school. I know enough about that she was the poet laureate for under the Clinton administration. I know, you know, I I know enough things about her and that she has that regalness to her, that pre- pretentious regalness to her where she's just every word that drips out of her mouth is so important and so emotional. And Chi-Chi had no idea who she was. And also the angle to which they had Chi-Chi her teeth were distracting. Mm-hmm. Her teeth were did not look good. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on the two top and the the couple of the bottoms? Well, Ben is Paul, and like I said, if you listen to the rumor mill on patreon.com slash drag race recap, you would know that I thought that was a brilliant decision to do Poland. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. fuck. You know what it made me think of is that you know, do you remember Waylon Flowers and Madam? No, yeah, I just got done saying my mother showed me every gay person on TV in the 70s. Yeah. Yes, I know Waylon Flowers and Madam. And you know, Waylon Flowers died of AIDS, and people have tried to revive Madam. I was just telling some friends the other day, like, I should make a concerted effort to really bring back Madam. Like, what about Joe Batanz and Madam? Okay. That would be a different spin on it. Oh, yeah. Well, look, yeah, look, be a different spin on it, but I, I would love it. I didn't mean that as a bad thing. That wasn't a read. That that would just be that would be you can you <laughs> cock your eyebrow all you want, bitch. I didn't I just I'm surprised that you want to bring back Madam, even though we 
we we do know your love of, of ventriloquism and puppets. Well, you know what the great thing, if you ever watch videos of Wailing Flowers and Madam, which I encourage anyone to go on YouTube and find. Is, Evan. <laughs> yeah, Evan. Wailing Flowers did, when, when I used to do ventriloquism, I, here's the deal. Okay, here here's my thing with ventriloquism, okay? Mm-hmm. Is when you actually see a ventriloquist, and I think Avenue Q does what I'm going to say right now. It becomes the game if can I see their mouths move, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're not really paying attention to them as much. It's trying to see if you can catch them with their mouths moving, their mouths moving. But if you just openly just move your mouth, people then just let go of it and watch the character. They're just going to watch that character, and they're not they're going to ignore that your mouth is moving, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what Waylon Flowers did. Waylon Flowers would openly just move his mouth. He wasn't even trying to hide shit. He would just move his mouth, and it, it was easier to make her funny, and then you would just look at her. Look at her. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I would do the same thing, where I would just, I would just fucking move my, my, my mouth. As, as The only thing, I don't have the puppeteering skills to move the puppet, which he was really good at and give her life. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. So the, the point I've, give, I've given up already is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Well, okay, but well, if you were to manage to obtain Madam, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to immediately go on stage. No, the, the you rule you do with her. So I, I think someone should bring such a bitch. Someone should bring back Waylon Flowers and Madam. I mean, she was so fucking funny. Well, I think it'd be hard to bring back Waylon Flowers. Oh, I'm sorry, bring back Madam. Thank you. <laughs> and so Ben as Paul Lynn was brilliant. I, I'm, I'm waiting for for Charles Nelson Riley to come out next, right? Uh, Trixie Mattel is RuPaul. Everyone knew when they heard this that this was a bad idea, okay? Because it's a one-joke thing that Trixie tried to do. Now, this goes back to, again, not to plug patreon.com slash drag race recap, but if you're at the $2 filler queen level, I'm going to tell you, you would have heard my Rulaska thoughts from this week, where I talked about last week's episode, I did a deep dive, and... And I'll say, I'll give a condensed version here, which Trixie Mattel was very funny. Let me get this straight. She was very funny on The Bitchler, but she was not doing improv. She was essentially just running off jokes she pre-wrote, okay? And improv, and then I'm going to contrast it with Ben and, and actually Jennifer Lewis and Shangela, is about listening and then taking the moment. It's, it's, it's a basically a dialogue, Okay, or if it's more among more people, it's 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 a you have to listen. You're, it's a, you're in a, a moment, and you're taking the moment, and you're doing something with that moment. So on the Bitchler, Ben and Shangela, and even Kennedy would engage um, um, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Okay, right. But Trixie, as funny as she was, never engaged him. She was just on that phone prattling off her jokes. That's not improv. That's just you listing jokes. And we see that same weakness here in that she had a set of pre-listed jokes. She knew what characters everybody was doing. They talked about it in the workroom. So she knew BB was doing Grace Jones. So she pre-wrote mm-hmm. these jokes and tried to cram them in rather than listen. Because actually, if you listen to that quote, that, that, that clip where she makes that Grace Jones joke, Grace Jones had actually said something funny. So why would you yeah. cram that joke in? Whereas if you listen to Ben and um, Jennifer Lewis, even if they had ri- pre-written their jokes, they were listening and then they were able to take the moment and do something with that moment. Trixie is not good at listening. Yeah. She's funny, but she's more like a stand-up comedian doesn't need to listen. There's a different skill set with a stand-up comedian and an improv comic. And I think 
uh, Snatch Game really requires improv skills. And I don't think, as funny as Trixie is, I don't think she has the improv skills, and we saw that today. Shangela was fantastic as, as Jennifer Lewis. We've discussed that today. She was, she brought it. She hit a home run. And it seems like she and Ben are always hitting home runs. And then Chi-Chi, it just continued her struggle. I mean, that's just, Chi-Chi's just, she's, and, and she acknowledges this. She's out of her league. She, You know when that, when that Roger quote where she should have come back season five or six? She, uh, yeah. Chi-Chi should probably come back all-star season five or all-star season six. Uh, yeah. And then she'll be, she'll be the Shangela on the next time she's around. It's Elimination Day, and the girls discuss their Snatch Game performances in the workroom. Trixie and Chi-Chi commiserate over their performances. How do you feel, Chi-Chi? I mean, I played the dumbest Maya Angelou in the world. These challenges are hard. Also, Snatch Game is hard. It is. But I really wanted to, like, do really well in this challenge, so I'm kind of disappointed. I expected myself to do better, and I think the other queens here expected me to come in, like, guns a-blazing. But holy f- did it not go good. Meanwhile, Ben and Shangela talk about their strong performances at the mirror. How do you feel? As soon as Rue left at my first joke, I was like, all right. I feel oh, good. no, Rue was in it to win it with you, girl. I feel really pleased. And, you know, I mean, I kind of felt the other day like I, I wound up with Trixie's win. And that felt weird to me being in the top two because I felt like that should have been gone to Trixie. And so I was feeling weird about that. Look, game recognized game. She's playing it low because she keeps winning. And when you keep winning, people are going to start targeting you. So if you are like, I didn't think I deserved to win. Oh, I want to give back the award. But does she give it back? Oh, the girls, honey. The girls, they're playing games over here at the RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. <laughs> All right. So we see that Trixie, you can tell she's in trouble. And Ben is calling out Shangela in the confession. I'm sorry. Shangela is calling out Ben in the confessional that she's calling out Ben for playing the game the way she's playing it. Taylor, do you have any thoughts on what we just heard? Well, okay. Thinking back to... Ben's perform uh, Ben's performance versus Trixie's performance, and I know that Trixie thought that Trixie was going to win last week. Ben deserved to be in the top two last week. Between the two, mm-hmm. I thought the Cougar versus the Fake Girl. I thought that Ben had funnier lines. Ben definitely played w- using what you were talking about, which is a really good point that I hadn't thought about before. You know, Ben was playing off of Jeffrey, whereas Trixie was doing kind of her own thing. Um, and the, the, the comment of, I kind of feel like I, I took away Ben, uh, Trixie's win. I don't know that that's playing the game. I think that we've seen not only through season six, but also, also through this scene, this season, excuse me, that Ben is not a very confident person. And I think that there is a, you know, much like we were talking before about transgender versus trans uh, versus drag queens, I think that Ben does Ben, Bendela, as a way to exude some of those feelings that maybe Ben the boy doesn't necessarily feel. Mm-hmm. So while Shangela's saying, oh, you're playing the game, I, I at least at this stage, I'm not getting that. Because I feel like even the comments of, you know, I have to win this one because then I'll be one lip sync for three or one lip sync for four isn't 
you know, it, th- there isn't there isn't that like what were we were seeing with milk with this? Oh, girl, I got this in the bag and I I don't you know, I'm beneath this and I'm beneath these queens that I'm I'm under. I'm with in the bottom three and everything. I uh, just I don't know. I agree with Shangela to an extent. I think and I don't think it's a bad move. I mean, it's better than Ben prancing around going like, yeah, hey, I keep winning. I'm in the top two every week, you know. And so I think, but she, but what does Shangela want her to do? Ben has to know at this point that she's got a target on her back. And the first time she slips, one of these other bitches is going to send her home. Oh, Kumbaya yeah. or not. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've literally won the first four and there's only 10 of you. So that's, does that really only leaves what three more challenges before they go to final, the final three. Mm-hmm. So that means that we are we are definitely in the place of we have won more than half of the challenges and there's nothing showing that we're starting to slip. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that that, that is something where I don't I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about now. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Well, Taylor, it's time for the looks. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Why? I'm trying to make a point, and it's late, and I'm tired, and I started to trail off, and then you you get me every time. Every time you get me. It's whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Oh God, where's he going now? Okay. All right, so let's do the looks. Uh, the the theme this week was something about flowers, so everybody had some sort of floral um, theme to their looks. Uh, but the first one who came out was RuPaul, and this was the first time that when RuPaul came out this season, I did a gay gasp. Really? I loved her look. I gave I actually gave Ru a nine out of ten. Wow! I thought she looked. I I thought I loved the way her hair looked this week. There was something about the blowout of the hair that I thought was great, and I thought her makeup was awesome. And I would have given her a 10, 10, 10 across the board, but there was something about the fabric that, like, every once in a while, I liked it, and then I didn't like it, but then I liked it, but then I didn't, so I figure I would just shave one point off. But it's also important to note, also, the looks came out super, super fast this week. Yes. Um, So I don't necessarily remember a lot about the looks, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to try to describe them as best I can. First First out was Aja who came out in a white dress with almost like little tiny rosettes all over it. And she had yellow hair and yellow shoes. I did not initially like this look. I thought it looked basic, but you only got to see it for about three seconds. The detail work in it was much better. However, it's still the kind of the cut and everything to it wasn't necessarily my favorite. So I gave it a four out of 10. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I love the look. I love the detail. I love the gloves. What was the category this week, by the way? It was all about flowers. Okay. I love it. I, it's uh, a big toot for me. I would maybe... I, I'm not good with the numbers, but I'd give it a... Seven. Okay. Uh, I, these are not in order, unfortunately, because I was writing them down too fast. And uh, Next up... It was Shangela, mm-hmm. and Shangela kind of came out very Beyonce, uh, 
pregnancy reveal where she had she was wearing a she had a pregnant belly suit and she was covered in flowers but she had a veil over her and I feel like she had like kind of a thing on her shoulders. <laughs> I don't I don't remember a lot about this look. Yeah. But I remember thinking it was pretty and it was original and I gave her a 6 out of 10. Um I like it a lot. I'm trying to uh I don't know what, what's going on with the shoes. What's going on in the bottom with the shoes? Are they like flower shoes? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I don't have the looks in front of me. I don't know if I like the flower shoes so much, but I like the veil, like the whole body veil. It's like a body veil, right? Yeah, it's it's a huge veil. I'm gonna also give her a seven out of ten. I like I, I like the the big head piece and everything. Yeah. Okay. So next up we have BB uh-huh. Zahara Benet. Yeah. And she is in a dress, a very form-fitting dress that had, it was, I believe it was navy blue, like navy blue roses, and um, she had great hair. Blue roses? Was she in a Tennessee Williams play? Glass Menagerie? That's for all you uh, theater nerds out there. Go ahead, sorry. You Like Evan? Yeah. Evan, you know what I'm talking about, right? Evan, the Broadway queen. Yeah. Um, it was okay. The look was all right. I mean, she looked pretty, mm-hmm. but it felt very middle of the road, so I gave her a five. Really? I thought this looked so good. She also gets... I, I just... I love those kind of dresses. They're kind of old school. Mm-hmm. And I just think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm giving that a seven as well. Okay. So next we had Kennedy Davenport. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy was... Sunflowers were her theme. So her dress was black and brown. And it had large sunflowers all over it. And there were... There was uh, leaves and everything down around the bottom of it. She had a she had sunflowers app applied to her face and in through her hair. I thought she looked amazing. Um, I gave her an eight. One of my favorite looks of the night. Okay, I love the wig. I love the flowers going down from the wig all the way down to the dress. I love the sunflowers. The sunflower on her shoulder might be a little big. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I really like this. I, I like the idea of the sunflower makeup over her right eye, but I don't know if I'm really digging it, actually. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I think the sunflower over the eye kind of kills it for me. All right. So next we had Chi Chi, who was wearing all white and um, had big white hair. And I don't remember what the flower part of her dress was. Um I did not necessarily really like this, and I gave it a four. Well, look, the, I actually like the wig very much. I like the wig. And um, it seems to have some sort of, like, I don't know the terms, but um, fabric? Is that a term? <laughs> Is that a fashion? Fabric? Yeah, fabric. It has fabric Buttons. and thread. People sewed it, and... Uh, but uh, it's basic, is what I'm trying to say. Is uh, it's, it's very basic. It's very basic. Like it's fine, but look at what the other girls are bringing, and yeah. it's like, bitch, this is ba- this is this is. You are not a glamazon bitch ready for the runway. No, no, not at all. No. So next up, we have Trixie Mattel, who seems to be uh, exuding her look from the uh, Redemption look, the ugliest dress ever. Uh, I did not like this at all. It did not. It was just real boxy and it didn't look comfortable. And she had the weird kind of like hippie hair that it, fe- it the whole look was just. She looked like Janice a- the Muppet. Oh my God. She does look like Janice the Muppet. You're right. Um, I would, I gave her a three. 
I don't hate it that much. You know, I took the pictures with my phone. Okay. I was industrious here. Yeah, I'm wondering how you're seeing these as fast as you are, but... And okay. I'm looking at it, and... Uh, and from what I remember, I don't hate it that much. Um, it's a little much. You know, she should have done the Coco Chanel thing and and, uh, and, and not, but taken 12 things off. She should, <laughs> instead of taking one thing yes. off, she's looking in the mirror and taking off 12 things. But I like the headpiece. I'll give it a five. I'll be generous. I'll give it a five. Okay. So next up is Ben, and Ben is wearing a pink and green combo where they're kind of, there's gradient in the, in the, uh, Gradient colors in the skirt, and she has, if I remember correctly, she has sort of a big flower in her hair. Um, favorite look of the night. Really? I gave her a nine. Really? This, I thought she looked amazing, partially because she reminded me, uh, the the she kind of was exuding that Golden Girls look from her first mm-hmm. season, because it's very Blanche Devereaux's bedroom, but it also reminds me very much of one of my favorite restaurants. Um, that uses those colors, uses those color schemes. So I immediately went to a happy place when I saw the dress, and that's why I gave her. I, plus, I thought she looked great in it, so I gave her a nine. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna change. I'm giving her a ten. She gets wow. a ten for the night. Yeah, I think wow. that's my first ten of the. Uh, no, BB. When BB first came out in her uh, dress for the reveals, I gave her a ten. So this is my second ten of the season. Wow. Uh, look, I like the dress. I feel we've seen this silhouette before. So, and Ben looks good in it. I feel we've seen Ben wear a dress like this before. I'll give it a seven. Okay. Okay. Well, that's the looks. That's the looks for the week. On the main stage, Ben and Shangela were named the top two queens of the week, while Kennedy, Chi-Chi, and Trixie were placed in the bottom three. On the main stage, Trixie got emotional. I know you. There's something that's telling me you're not all here. I get nervous here. It's like I'm at Camp Crystal Lake and Jason's outside with the machete. It's like that level panic sometimes. Why? I don't know. It's 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 um. It was like it was harder than it looks. Um, <laughs> sorry. I I thought it was gonna be like my challenge. I was like so excited. And I got in there and it was just like <laughs> it's like frozen. It was. It was it <laughs> sucks. Don't forget what you have and what you offer and who you are, whether this continues or not, okay? Fight for yourself. Back in the workroom, Trixie's emotions continued to pour out. Sis, what's on your mind right now? It was not funny. Like, I feel like I told the judges and everyone here, like, a secret that, like, I'm so, I'm so scared. And... I didn't want everybody to know because I don't think anybody here saw me being afraid of Drag Race because I'm not afraid of drag in the real world. I love Drag Race. I love being Trixie. And then to come here and like to not be the Trixie I know my fans look for is like That speaks to what we were talking about earlier. I I have a feeling you're going to have a lot to say about that clip. Uh, Here we go. Next is uh, Trixie with Shangela. First of all, I know tonight's an emotional night for you. Yeah. Give me a hug. I know how talented you are, but you also know this is a competition. And 
all of us want to win. And I have to put my allegiance where I feel I have allies. I, I, I feel like it's behind us, and I don't think it would come up in a lipstick situation, but I hope that what happened yesterday isn't like the reason you, you would no, pick my lipstick. No, but even the whole note thing, all that kind of stuff just sits with me in the fact when I'm thinking like, if I'm in the bottom, is she gonna ever save me or not? Of everybody in the bottom three, you're the one I worry about. Taylor, any thoughts on what we just heard there? Um, okay. So here's my thought. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is the first time this season so far that we have heard a contestant talking about life outside of Drag Race as their persona and the perception of the fans and what the fans expect versus what the queen, the contestants expect. Mm-hmm. I think that when Trixie was talking about this, the difference between the regular contestants on a regular season and All-Stars is all of these contestants, all of these queens, know they've all played the game before, twists or otherwise. So they think they know when they go into this what to expect because they know what is going to play to their base and what is going to play to their audiences. So... Part of this, I think the fact that Trixie brought up, I don't want to, she pretty much was saying, I don't want to let my fans down. I I want to be the Trixie that they deserve. I want to be the Trixie that they want. And it felt very much like it was sort of looking through the fourth wall, whereas other times there's just sort of that drama that goes along with it. Um, I, I, there's part of me that felt for Trixie. I mean, I don't even... Like, when she was eliminated twice, I don't think we've ever seen her this vulnerable. I don't remember her being, you know, she seemed kind of pissed, but she also seemed to kind of roll with the punches a little bit more than she did with this one. Because I think she went into this thinking, well, everybody loves Trixie. Nobody says shit about Trixie. So it makes sense to me that Trixie's going to go all the way, especially with something dealing with comedy. Well, a a, a little bit of insight here, if this is real, is... But it seems like all the rumors about Trixie have been real so far. Is that here's what we know to be true, and here's what the rumor is. The rumor is that Trixie had an off-camera meltdown at some point during All Stars Three, mostly due to exhaustion. Because while all the other queens had days off, Wow, and there's some sort of weird overlap. But Wow had Trixie filming the Trixie and Katya show on her days off. Oh, now okay. you've had people talk though. That's one theory. That's not, that's a rumor, but we do know for a fact, at the very least, that she had literally just finished the Trixie and Katya show filming, filmed All Stars three, and then immediately went into the Viceland show. She had no break. She was so even that's exhausting. But yeah. if the rumor is true that her days off were spent filming the Trixie and Katya show. The exhaustion is, I mean, it's exhausting now for the girls and they have days off. So it must've been really exhausting for Trixie. And I I think we're seeing part of that here. Okay. Um, Yeah. And you know, um, I think, you know, so as much as I admire Shangela's gamesmanship in this episode to a degree that I don't think I've ever seen anyone play the game as well as Shangela does. She's starting to get on my nerves. 
and she's very extra and she as she plays the game more and more and as the crown is more and more in her sights she is becoming more and more unbearable like very extra her confessionals are becoming more and more extra i'm sick of the game of thrones references and i like game of thrones and i know what she's yeah. talking about and i'm just like bitch yeah stop. she went she went a little overboard with the game of thrones tonight yeah and so it's one of these things where and just her behavior in general has been a little bit it's not bully it's not bully at all but it's a little kiss the ring and already having that sense of entitlement. The entitlement is growing with this one. Like I can see that. That that I that I would agree with. I, I think, think in that. her head, all she has to do is get rid of Ben. Cause if you think about it, she's already when she was going in her competition was Trixie. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Ben, maybe. She has Trix Trixie owns Trixie now. Trixie is just a fucking puddle of nothing, right? Uh, yeah. She owns Trixie, and Trixie knows it, okay? In Shangela's world now, she just has to get rid of Ben. And it's Ben. It's the only thing between her and that crown is Ben de la Creme. And I think we see that confidence growing and growing. And it's obnoxious. But that said, she is playing the game better than I've ever seen anyone ever play this game. She reminds me, okay, kind of going back to that Jennifer Lewis thing. If you watch interviews with Jennifer Lewis, she reminds me a lot of her in that we are very much of the, where where she refers to herself as the, I think, the queen of black Hollywood. That's a, I think that's the name of her book, where she sort of is in that she has touched everything in the world of Hollywood from when she started decades ago she kind of reminds me of if you ever listen to stan lee mm-hmm. talk about anything so i'm gonna i'm gonna answer a question ask me uh, any question you want and i will answer as stan lee all right stan what is your opinion of the movie batman versus superman well, if you think back to the time that I invented Spider-Man back in the 60s, and I remember that I really wanted a with great power comes great. That is kind of the way Jennifer Lewis is, where she kind of talks about everything that has anything to do with Hollywood. She played a role in it in some way. Mm-hmm. Shangela is very much, it feels like she is kind of doing the same thing only in the world of Drag Race. So I, when you talk about she's she kind of comes off as extra, she is coming at the sense of entitlement. I can see where she would possibly get that having spent time if she is spending time with Jennifer Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's kind of sad to see. I get that. I get that, and that's kind of annoying to me about it. I, I don't, again, I don't know who this Jennifer Lewis is, but I guess I have to check her out. And um, if Shangela doesn't, but you know, it's weird because Alaska sort of had the same arc. I don't know if it was at this necessarily this episode. Where after Fifi was gone, they made Alaska the villain. And I could see that happening here. Where Shangela becomes like, yes, you're playing the game well, but it's almost like a little bit like my precious, you know? Yeah. And they become like uh, this, um, who's that character from Lord of the Rings with the precious? Gollum. Gollum, you know? And uh, and and they, they, they can see it right there. They can touch it. And they just, uh-huh. you, you can, it, that comes, even though they think they're hiding it, 
I don't know. It's going to be very, very interesting. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, is it, 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 And it's sad to sort of see Trixie crumble. It, it's sort of sad to see uh, a, a person who's so strong. But you know what's so funny? I actually, I was thinking of something when I was watching this. Not to make it about me, but I'm making it about me. People sometimes ask me, people who are big fans of the show know that I, in, a, in a former life, we'll even say, I was a stand-up comic. Okay? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they ask why I didn't do stand-up comedy, and it's, believe it or not, I, I could re- I was able to relate to Trixie when I was watching her, is even when I was at my peak of stand-up comedy, when I was at my, just in the, in the moment, right? Maybe I could have gotten better. I was never more than a B plus. Well, I had friends who started at the same time as I did who effortlessly were A's and A minuses. Some of the most mm-hmm. gifted comedians I've ever seen. And if you think about comedy or making people laugh, we'll say like if the skill of making people laugh, there are different mediums in it. And podcasting's one of them. Hopefully I make you guys laugh or I make you guys think and and whatnot, and there's storytelling, and then there's stand-up comedy, and there's there's a whole drawing comics. There's a whole, uh, Trixie, like you know, Trixie's not a stand-up comedian, but she makes you laugh. She's a performer who makes you laugh, you know. Right. And when I and this is where I'm gonna get to where I related to Trixie is when I was doing stand-up and I was telling my jokes, it didn't sound like me. It didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like Joe Batanz. Like when I'm doing podcasting, I'm at my utmost Joe Batanz, and I feel it. When I'm in the pocket in podcasting, I feel it. I feel like this is I'm at, this is me using all my comedy muscles and using them well. I'm, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm happy with what I'm doing. But whenever I did stand-up right. comedy, I never felt like I sounded like me. I got this weird voice. The jokes weren't, weren't as funny. It was like me at like 75% on my best day. And I, so I could relate to what Trixie was talking about when she was saying when she was being RuPaul, it didn't feel like Trixie. It didn't feel like the person that people got to know her as, you know, and people, what her fans thought. And I could relate to that. And I, I, I actually, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, this episode made me very emotional. I was, I didn't cry, but I teared up at the end. Not necessarily because I was sad, you know, because the person who went home, who should have gone home, went home. But more... Right. I could under I could relate to Trixie. I could empathize with Trixie, and because of the empathy, I was able to it, it tapped into an emotion that I was feeling. So yeah, it, yeah. it was um, a very profound episode. Like I could definitely relate to Trixie in in many ways, may, ways that I haven't mentioned here today. And uh, so Trixie, my thoughts are with you. All right, back on the main stage, Shangela and Ben went head to head in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song. I kissed a girl. This was never the way I planned. Not After the song, RuPaul rendered a decision. Both queens won the lip sync and each won the chance to send a girl home. In an obvious move, Ben sent home Chi-Chi. But in a gag-worthy, shocking moment, Shangela spared Trixie and also sent home Chi-Chi. Back in the workroom, a grateful Chi-Chi was seemingly murdered off screen. Girl, I I 
Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, okay, as far as the lip sync goes, I kind of see why she gave them both the ability to send a girl home. Where she both gave them each $5,000, as she says, uh-huh. which I hate when she says I that. Know. I, I, um, I don't know where that joke comes and, from. And it's, I remember we talked about it on All Stars 2, but I don't remember what it's from. But, and I thought that Shangela, once again, Shangela playing the game, all arrows were pointing to Trixie, that she was saying, as successful as she was saying, that kind of stuff. I mean, I think she was definitely playing Trixie so that, again, she can say, don't forget, bitch, I could have sent you home and I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen somebody so happy to be eliminated from the show than Gigi was. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It was actually enjoyable she just you just watched her shoulders drop when she when they finally said Gigi. And like a big smile um, came across her face a big smile across her face and that is the reason why one of the reasons why Chichi will always be one of my favorite performers on the show because she is just one of those people that she's she's just she you just know she has a good heart that that's she's just seems like a very genuinely sweet kind queen and uh we wish her nothing but the best yeah. um Trying to think if there was anything else that really kind of stood out as far as for the, the the lipstick and stuff. I will say that, you know, while they both got the opportunity to pick a girl, to send a girl home. I picked if a you girl. Compare, I, and I liked it. Um, when you compare this to the Tatiana versus Alyssa mm-hmm. from All Stars 2, where they both won, that one was much better than this one was. Yes, but the show knew, I mean, the, the producers are... The, the, I will say the producers and the editors are at their A game in this episode. Don't mm. ever, ever for one second, ever believe the producers don't know who the girls are sending home. They 1000% know who the girls are sending home. They, just, they, they As soon as those girls leave that workroom, they go and peek in those lipstick boxes, right? Right. And so they knew they had an epic thing. They knew that Trixie was emotional and was expected to be sent home. They know what's happening. They know that... Um, they both picked Trick, I mean, Chi Chi to go home. Mm-hmm. They know that they're really good lip syncers. I mean, look, do you think it's ridiculous that RuPaul saved them both? No, no, I don't. But I just, I mean, between the two of them, no, actually, now I think about it, because you could kind of vacillate back and forth between there were parts where it was like, oh, well, it's clearly going to be Shangela. And then there were parts where you were like, okay, Ben's starting to pull herself up. And Ben, it was definitely a horse race mm-hmm. watching the two of them. I just don't know. I think between the two of them, Shangela just eked out a better performance, I thought. One thing, though, that I will say that uh, my husband said, which I hadn't noticed until tonight, as soon as they started sinking, singing, sinking, whatever, um, he said, oh, my God, stop looking at her. And I'm like, who are you talking about? He goes, Ben. He goes, whoever Ben is lip syncing against, it's like she wants to do, like, where she wants to be this performance between the two of them. Improv. Where they stare each like, well, well, okay. But it's something that we haven't necessarily seen in other seasons in other lip syncs. And it almost feels like in some ways, like, I need the, I need to feed off the energy of the other girl. Well, that feeds into my improv thing. And Shangela's a skilled performer, so she was able to do it back. One. Two, Shangela in the beginning was kind of annoying me with, like, it just seems like the little Miss Goody Two-Shoes that sits at the front of the classroom every single class and raises her hand really high and asks questions and stays afterward to talk to the teacher and is a, and is a, is a kiss-ass, 
right? A brown noser. Like, she had her glasses. She had, like, it was, like, yes, it was fantastic. It was great. It was perfect. You know, she looked like Linda Evangelista. But <laughs> it was almost too good. You know? Well, it was almost, I mean, you kind of knew they both were going to go to this because they both, I thought it was odd when they uh, were picking the lipsticks that they were both in these, you know, like kind of these 50s style dresses with the big, the skirts mm-hmm. that go out and everything. So my thought was they were going to do like a, it's my party or something yeah, that like, they were like a duo song yeah. of the 50s. Mm-hmm. So when you went to, they started doing the song, you almost knew they were both going to go from a, we're the good little girls, we're the cheerleaders to where we're going to be like the slutty girls. Mm-hmm. And Shangela kind of went above and beyond with that, where the hair came out and the glasses came off and it was very Van Halen hot for teacher. We're pull, pulling off all the clothes and everything. So that was almost expected, whereas it felt like Ben, while Ben stayed in the outfit, she kind of got dirty while still dressed like the good girl. Mm-hmm. So that helped her a lot. Well, maybe that is why they both got, I don't know. But but, but bravo to the editors. Like, I was gagged when Shangela pulled that lipstick out. Mm-hmm. I was gagged. Oh, yeah, no, we were short of, like, holding onto each other's hands because we thought, oh, this is it. Trixie's going home. And when she pulled out Chi-Chi's lipstick, it was very, like, ah, uh, the whole world side. Yeah. That, and then that that next week on Monday when we get that entrance into the workroom, when we yeah. find out, oh, girl, that is, I am living for it. I am living for it. Uh, any other final right. words on this uh, episode? I'm enjoying this season more than I expected to. Yes, I am too. I was thinking, I think I, I didn't think it was going to be as bad as All Stars One because nothing could be that bad. Literally, nothing could be. Li- literally, nothing could be as bad as All Stars One. I'm not even being funny, right? Yeah. All Stars One was. It felt like a chore. This one, I expected it to be fine, but not as good as it is. No, I'm ha- I'm having a lot of fun doing this. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm and I'm having a lot of fun doing it with you, my friend Taylor. Oh, thank you. I'm having fun doing it with you. By the way, uh, as you know, if you are a Patreon subscriber at the $2 level, which is the filler queen level, you know that after the show, as we process the audio, Taylor and I do a little bit of an after show where we discuss everything that's going on in our lives. We try and keep it as not drag race as possible. So we just sort of talk about what's going on in our lives, issues of the day, and uh, just fun personal stories that don't get to make it to the show. So if you want to listen to that, uh, go ahead and uh, go over to patreon.com slash drag race recap. Join over at the $2 filler queen level. But that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Make sure to join us next week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So until then, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. 
To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on one-on-one with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 